the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Join the conversation on twitch.tv slash BetQL. Hour two of the Better Angle getting started here. Jake Hassan, Gabe Ramirez in for Kate Constable and Cam Smith. And I've decided uh, that I'm just going to come to peace with the terms that uh, Will Zalatoris is going to break my heart uh, again at the end of a weekend. And it's going to be really fun, and I can't wait. And it's definitely not going to infuriate me. And I'm definitely not going to be really, really mad don't. tomorrow. Don't. Yeah. Can't I mean, wait. even though that's your baseline. But uh, don't. <laughs> You know, famously, see? famously, well, anger is my smiling, guys. That's what we want. We yeah, want definitely. I have not smiled smile, once bro. during the show. That's, what we that's want. definitely you were not just going like down, down, down. And I was like, Jake, let me get you. Let me bring you back. Up, yeah, bro. during the break, actually, I was under the table and gave it like, come on, man. We so got came out the break two more about hours. Depression, and they said, no, 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 not with me. I do not do shows like that. I cannot, I cannot function like that. <laughs> Gabe was about to have to do two hours solo. Just by my hand in my head and be like. Yeah, life does suck. You know, yeah, we were just going to bring the whole up. We were going to turn the lights off in the studio. You don't want just... me to go there. Life's been bad the last couple of months. Bro. Yeah, well, speaking of which, let's talk about the Bears. Uh, uh, do some NFL back uh, here. We did, in the first hour, broke down NBA All-Star Weekend. But uh, we were talking in the break, and we were talking about the odds for where Justin Fields is likely to end up. Got a bunch of teams getting thrown out there. The Steelers in the past week or so reports him that they love Justin Fields and Mike Tomlin is obsessed with him. And now New England's getting thrown out there too. Obviously Atlanta, that connection has been talked about for months, if not years. And I, so Kevin, cover your ears. I'm a firm believer that the bears are just done. They're going to reset they're going to draft Caleb Williams, and that's what it's so going to be. So does the majority of people that watch the NFL uncovered. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, And it feels like that's where we're headed. Because like a month or two ago, it felt way more ambiguous. But now it feels like the closer we get to the draft, to the combine, et cetera, et cetera, it feels like this is just what's going to happen. The Bears are going to reset you know, the quarterback clock. They're going to draft a rookie, probably Caleb Williams, the number one overall, and just go from there. And so that leaves with Justin Fields, a fifth-year option available going into the fourth year. Where does he end up? And here's what I'm scared of, because the Bears, I'm of the headcanon that they're just always going to screw it up, because when it comes to quarterbacks, they're always going to screw it up because they can never get it right, which makes my greatest fear that they're just going to hang on to Justin Fields, still draft Caleb Williams, and do this fake quarterback competition, and everybody's going to be miserable, and you're going to split the locker room, and it's going to be awful, and then it's just going to be bad vibes, and you win like three games again. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where they keep Justin Fields can't you? and Caleb. Can't nah, you? I really can't. I can see it where, where if they trade the first pick and move down to number two and take uh, Drake May – because they got draft capital and then got a quarterback that they want to let sit behind Justin Fields. I could see that. But I think if it's Caleb Williams, I think I, I, if you're Ryan Poles and you're drafting Caleb Williams, I think it really is to not just reset the rookie contract, but just to reset the franchise as a whole. Yep. Right. So it really, it, it's, it's more of a, Hey, we are headed in a new direction. This is something brand new. I am the new GM. I am taking the bears into this new space and it includes, you know, Caleb Williams. And I think it just, continue they, they're going to continue ridding themselves of everything that has to do with ryan pace as they did this week with eddie jackson and cody yep. Whitehair. so to me that's why i can't envision a scenario like that but 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 it's justin fields right and where is he going right so right. so here's the odds right now all right i love this so the steelers are the favorite minus 120 they're minus 120 they're minus one they're the team that's minus they're the favorite they're the only team that's minus money wow. to be justin fields employer next year next up the falcons plus 450 Patriots five to one, 
Broncos and Commanders both twelve to one, Raiders thirteen to one, and then there's a drop off to the Seahawks 30, 30 to one, Bucks thirty five to one. The list goes on and on. But let's keep it to that first handful of teams: Steelers, Falcons, Patriots, Broncos. Let's, let's stay with the Commanders for a second because that okay. one strikes me as interesting, right? I mean, you know, the Broncos are in a situation where, you know. Russell Wilson's selling his home and showing it yep. privately. He gone. he gone. And then, you know, so they're clearly looking for a quarterback. So for them to be the same, to them, for them to have the same odds as the commanders mm-hmm. is odd to me because they're in two totally different places in my mind. But then as you say that, I say to myself, wait, time out. Oh my God. If the Bears take Caleb Williams at one, and for whatever reason, Justin Fields ends up on the commanders and they take Marvin Harrison at two? Is that what? Is that, 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 that don't even make sense from an odd standpoint, but I like it. And something something about it is sneaky, and I like it. I like I like the sneaky nature of it. That wouldn't be because you pair because then you have Justin Fields, Jahan Dotson. I think is really good. Terry McLaurin's still there. Then you add Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. with just like that's that's nasty. But it goes. It's the same thing for the for the Patriots, right? Like the Patriots at three. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, trade them Justin Fields in the number nine and get the number three. Pick. They're not doing that. They're not going to do that. Yeah, they're taking Marvin. Harrison Jr. at three. Don't be fooled by Jaden Daniels winning a Heisman with two first-round picks, two wide receivers that are going to be first-round picks in Malik Neighbors and Thomas Jr. That's what Jaden Daniels had. He is not going three. You're going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. there. That's the smart thing to do. And then you go fill in your quarterback slot with whoever you want to do, Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins, maybe Justin Fields for a second-round pick and next year's third or something like that. And now the Patriots have a Marvin Harrison Jr., and a Justin Fields. And now Kevin Lapka is owning a Patriots jersey <laughs> at the end of this conversation. 100%. Marvin Harrison Jr. So and Justin Fields. He's probably ordering. He's probably custom ordering it right now. He's, 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 his eyes are closed. I'm looking at him. His eyes are and closed. He's probably got he'll have a poster right up in his room. Oh, dude, oh yeah. On the ceiling. <laughs> just, It'll actually just be a mural. It won't even be a poster. Kev, Kev how would you feel if Marvin Harrison Jr. gets drafted third by the Patriots and then there's like a day two trade? for Justin Fields for like a second and a third. I'd feel terrible because that team would just win the AFC. Yeah, they'd just like be bad. Win the AFC. They would just be bad. With that defense and that, like that, that's, yeah, they would just be back. I mean, but that right there is like a worst case scenario for most Bears fans, especially those that like Justin Fields. To think that he could potentially be paired up with Marvin Harrison Jr. on a different team. Yeah. That, that, that would be tough. That'd be tough to for most people. It's bad for Ryan Poles because if Caleb Williams struggles year one, and Fields goes to Atlanta or he goes to New England or Washington or whatever destination it may be and has success that first year and they make the playoffs and win a playoff game, you are on the wrong side of history from the jump after that after first year. After year one, though. Yeah. But, yeah, but I don't care. This is a team that's ready to win next but you year. Just, but you just so told that's me an about argument. year three, though. We were just talking about year three, so I want to talk about year three where Justin Fields is out of the league. Oh, my. <laughs> he's he's going he's gonna to run up here. Oh, I, I'm not. I can't. Justin I, Fields. Listen, all right, here, here's the question. Will Justin Fields be the starting quarterback week one for a team in the NFL? Uh, next yes. year? Yeah. Okay. Gabe, think, you're yeah. smarter than this. I'm asking you. I'm yes. asking your I'm yes. asking your uh, I'm asking you to answer the question. Yes. There's too there's too many openings for that's him a, not to be. That's what I'm saying. So and th- th- there's that's why there's this follow-up for my three years. That's where I was going with this. In three years, is Justin Fields gonna be a starting quarterback? No. Yes. The answer is no. Right. He will be a backup somewhere, and that's where I was getting at. I don't hate this Raiders price at thirteen to one, because they, who's the they, offensive coordinator, Jake? That's a good point. That's a good point. Familiarity. He praised Justin Fields in his press conference, you know, at his unveiling or whatever. 
But he didn't say anything about necessarily about like Justin's talents. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying like, oh my God, look what Justin, look, look, look what Lou Getzi said about Justin Fields. And it's like, yeah, he said he's a tremendous athlete, a great person, and he's growing. <laughs> Did not say like, oh my God, what a freaking quarterback this guy is. Like he didn't do that. Yeah. That's a good point. Did you not like? Did, did you like what Lou Gazzi said, Kev? I know you heard it. I mean, I'm indifferent to it. He's obviously right. going to talk him up because it makes him look better, right? right? Yeah. Right. So it's like when you break up with a girl, you're not supposed to say she was crazy. You say she was a great person, and we just had differences. Yeah. We just Randy thought we knows. just grew apart. Randy, hey, we know it's a, we, we grew apart. She's a great person. Love her person. Awesome girl. If the Steelers, because they're the favorite, if the Steelers end up with Justin Fields, what's their ceiling? Okay, in that division too. First, you have to the fact that, that that the Steelers are minus one twenty and the next team that's closest is plus four fifty is wild. Yeah, that's a huge difference. Well, right? aren't the, aren't the Bears plus two hundred like to for I, the return to the I, Bears? Well, if we both think that he's not going to be on the Bears, okay, like, so you're excluding them. Yeah, okay. I do like the I, I do like the thought that plus two hundred lets me know that you know maybe somebody's been talking to Ryan Poles and they they hit up BetMGM. <laughs> plus two hundred that's not like a pretty good bet still. I wouldn't. Well, I don't think he's going to end up on the Bears, so I would. So never. That's what I'm saying. But you would then you would assume it'd be it'd be longer odds, like plus three fifty. True, you know. True. Like you're telling me he's a better chance of being on the Bears than the what was the second team Atlanta? Yep. Than Atlanta, that sounds wild to me. Yeah. That he has a better chance of staying with the Bears, where most people are thinking that that's not going to be the case. I. I yeah, I, I, I the, the the Caleb Williams things on the Bears not panning out. Obviously, that scares you. Yes, Justin Fields, you know, performing well and not winning a Super Bowl, but maybe a playoff game scares you, especially in the event that the Bears don't. These are things that you're fearful of. But on the opposite side, what what makes you what are you what are you hopeful for? Right. Are you hopeful that Justin Fields is going to bring you a Super Bowl in Chicago? I I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen. That's what I'm saying. Agree. So are you hopeful, though, that maybe Caleb Williams can be what people are saying he can be and then he be a, a person that in three years can take you to the promised land? Yes. And that's my one little argument when it comes to Tootsie. I rest my case. I'll be, I'll be, I'm going to sit out for a couple minutes. Now. <laughs> no, I'm with you because I, I, I agree with you. I think you have to take the swing with, even though it's an unknown and Caleb Williams comes with his warts, so does Justin Fields. I think that Justin Fields could be good somewhere else. I just don't think it's going to be here. Like, I'm with you. I think he could win a playoff game somewhere, but I just don't. I think the time has run out in Chicago for Justin Fields, so it's just not going to happen. you got to take the swing. You can't be scared because, also, you already did it. You missed last year with Stroud. And we'll see what Bryce Young becomes, but I think you have to take that reset because of the, and like Kevin's argument is that this team is ready to win now. So if Caleb Williams ends up being the guy, then we've seen there's a blueprint for what could happen. And I know Stroud might be an anomaly, but it's just to me, to me, it's clear that it's just not going to happen with Justin Fields in a Bears uniform because it just doesn't seem like yeah. the organization believes in them. It's just at unfortunate. This point. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing. I think he's talented. And of course, listen. I don't think anyone is saying. I think, and I think that's the biggest counter argument that most people are making when you're like, "Oh, you think Justin Fields is trash? You're a Justin Fields hater." It's like, what? No, I think Justin Fields is very good. I think he is a top thirteen to seventeen quarterback in the NFL, yeah. middle of the pack. Still very good. Can start games. Can win you some. You know, but he's going to lose you some as well, right? And that's going to be the biggest issue. But it's like again, you're, for me as a Bears fan, all I am doing is realizing that there is an opportunity to take the best quarterback in a draft, and you've had it two years in a row, mm-hmm. and there has been uncertainty at the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears for decades, and you have an opportunity to to do it, to take it. And for me, I'm running with it. Why? Because I want to be one of the teams that we're talking about. You know what I want to be? You, want to, you know what I want the Bears to be, Jake? I want the Bears to be that team that there's like little kids in like Tennessee 
Okay. And they're saying, damn, the Bears are good. Damn, yep. Caleb Williams is good. I'm buying a Caleb Williams jersey. Now we got Bears fans all across the country the same way that they love Steph Curry, the same way that they love Patrick Mahomes, and the same way they love Michael Jordan. I want that here in Chicago. And don't tell me Justin Fields can be that guy. Just don't tell me. Justin yeah, because Fields it's clearly be like you had the chance already. He's just, too. he's just, he's just, he can be that guy because he fits the mold and everything like that, but he can't because he's not going to be able to win at the highest level consistently mm -hmm. to make people fall in love with him to, at that level. I agree with you. Uh, so, back, like, if he goes to the Steelers, if they make some, oh pull some trade, ceiling. what's the ceiling? Let me go look at that. In, this, in the same division as the Ravens, as the Bengals with Joe Burrow back. The interesting thing is this, right? Mike Tomlin who just went continues to, to make the playoffs, right? So, the assumption True. would be that they are going to be in the playoffs simply because they have good coaching, mm -hmm. right? Consistently gets the best out of mediocre players. And, and that and defense is really good. I would agree that he's better than Kenny Pickett. I would agree oh, that yeah. he's better than Mason Rudolph. <laughs> so I'm saying, so they're going to get a bump in play at the quarterback position. they got to figure out what's going on at the running back. You know, Najee Harris didn't have himself the best year. You know, they got the rookie playing well. You know, is what's going on with their receivers? You know, do they even want to – I mean, like, that's going to be tough. So I guess – I'm going to say the same position, 10, 10 and 7. Damn, I can't believe make, I'm saying that. 10 and 7? Make the playoffs. Maybe not get smoked by the Bills. But I think it would be the same badly. thing because I still think they'll fall below Baltimore and they'll still fall below Cleveland. Right. So you're going to be third in, in the AFC North. At best. At best. And then so and then you're still going to be behind you know, it, Houston, Buffalo, Miami, KC, and then you know the Chargers maybe. You and know? you consider Cincinnati back too with Burrow healthy. So tough. Assuming they keep T. Higgins too. So ceiling, ceiling wild card? Fifth, sixth, or sixth, seventh seed in the wild card ceiling. I can't imagine them winning a game against the second best team in the AFC. Right, because then year. like you get you just get smoked by Buffalo again. Or but Baltimore. like Kevin said though, but if they did though, but, <laughs> but if, if they, they do, did, if they do but, beat Kansas City, oh my God, that'll be get me off the show, go to break. <laughs> like, oh my God, that'd be crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'd I, like to see it, but I would never bet. Like I, I agree, with you. I think the Steelers ceiling, regard. I mean, mostly regardless of who's quarterback. It's if you're gonna do this thing with Kenny Pickett again, no. like you're just shooting yourself in the foot. Like you can't, you can't do it again. That like he's fine, but he got benched for Mitch Trubisky. How'd that? He got benched for Ma Mason Rudolph a started a playoff game for you. you. No, know, he's a gunslinger, and I think that's, you know, listen, you have to have a level of confidence and a level of not, you know, give a blank in the NFL, especially if you're a quarterback. But you got to be good and have that, right? right? You have like, to be able to do it. Yeah, you can't just have that mindset and put it up there and then forget that you're playing against, you know, gladiators that's, that are some of the best athletes in the world. And I think that's what Kenny, Kenny Pickett is falling victim to. Kenny Pickett and his teeny tiny hands. It's just not going to work <laughs> out. You just can't. What, what if Justin Fields is really good? I mean, you guys not, I mean, I think he's going to be really good. Been saying, we've been How? saying that for three years, though, too. Like, that, that's the – like – I think he could be if he like because Mike Tomlin we t just said like consistently gets the best out of mediocre players and gets them elevate to another level. What did he do with Mitch Trubisky? Well, Mitch, uh, come on, put, put him elevate. on the bench where he belongs. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about elevating play of someone, right? I mean, Mitch, Mitch was still Mitch, right? And so for me, Justin's still going to be Justin. I don't think that he then becomes. I don't know. Well, I, I I wish him the best, but I just don't. <laughs>
wish him the best. Also, just don't want him on, I, on our team. Thoughts and prayers. So, Thoughts yeah. and prayers, Justin Fields. Best of luck in Pittsburgh <laughs> when you get absolutely smoked by the Bills in the wild card round. Uh, this is the better angle. Jake Hassan, Gabe Ramirez sitting in 4K Constable and Cam Smith. On the other side, take a look ahead at maybe some NFL Futures Awards, and we'll start looking ahead to MLB season as spring training starts. So stick with us other side of the break. Coming up, more live sweats and winning bets with a better angle on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Back into the better angle, Jake Hassan, Gabe Ramirez, filling in for Kate Constable and Cam Smith with you until 7 o'clock Eastern time. Spend the last segment breaking down the top of the draft and the number one overall pick and what the Chicago Bears are going to do and where Justin Fields will end up next season. He's 50-1 to win NFL MVP, Gabe. Justin Fields. Remember last year when everybody was betting him to win the MVP? Oh, I know somebody in this room who bet him. <laughs> it's not you or I. I'll tell you that right now. Hey, uh, how is BetMGM going to stay in business if people aren't out here betting Justin Fields to win MVP? Oh, bro? You got you to gotta wonder. Mm. I'm sure they're just they're shaking in their boots right now. 50-1 to one to win MVP. 50-1. Hey, some people would say if you add Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers to the offense, you know. Cut it in half. Should be 25. <laughs> Should be 25 now. Should be you know 25 what? now. Think about all that running. Uh, top of the MVP board, Patrick Mahomes, 6-1. to one. Next, Josh Allen, 8. Joe Burrow, 9. C.J. Stroud at 11. Lamar Jackson, 12. Herbert, 14. Prescott, 14. Never, thanks. Jordan Love, 16. Brock Purdy, 16. Never, thanks. Jalen Hurts, 16. Stafford, 20. Tua, 25. We'll cut it there. I could see, I could see some, some value there being on a guy like Justin Herbert. Yeah, if you're thinking about you know what team is going to surprise, and then who, you know who's already the backbone of a particular organization, I mean he's the guy. And so if they have any level of success, they're going to put it on him and say, yeah, sure, it's Harbaugh, but it's via you know Justin Herbert. So I could see him. I could see some odds. Go back to the front because you you said somebody else in there that I thought might have been a great great bet. Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Stroud, Burrow, Burrow nine to one for the same reason. You're yeah. injured. You're coming back. You finally you, you put your team into the playoffs. You, you highlight that, you know, there is a drop-off between you and the backup. You know, maybe T. Higgins is gone. You get a rookie. Start, you know, like there's – I'm trying to envision what a, an MVP season could look like. Yeah. And, well, and, I mean, Burrow was one of the favorites last year and before he got hurt. I, and there's a ton of uh, upside on him. I'm kind of with you that I think Herbert has a path because Harbaugh went there for a reason. The, and we all know that it was to work with Herbert and – because he has so much talent. You already have him established there. It's the quickest path to getting to a, the playoffs, a championship maybe, and he has that talent. We've seen him do MVP-type things, and now maybe you add Brock Bowers with the fifth overall pick. Maybe you sign a couple guys. I think it's definitely there. Let me, let's take it this way. What do you think the ceiling is for the Chargers in year one? That's a great one, and I love the fact that uh, you brought up their, their draft pick, Jake, because – they can go in so many different directions at five, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they still would have an opportunity to take, you know, an offensive lineman like Joe Alt or Olu, and then. But even more importantly, they could go Brock Bowers if they want a tight end, mm-hmm. or they can take one of the top um, wide receivers that could still be available at that slot. So that that's going to be interesting. I mean, they're they're a good team, you know, they're a good team, and I think that you know when you're looking at the Chargers, you know what? I'll be honest, they were a black line team for me last year. Yeah. They were a – I'm not betting you anymore because I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how good you can be, and I would always get it wrong. So, like, they, they, were, they were a frustrating team in that sense. So, I don't know. What do you think? Well, so let's take it back to what we were talking about in the first hour. 
Same division as the Chiefs. Yeah. Same division as Patrick Mahomes. Not, not even the same conference. Same division that you have to go through. So even if you sneak into the playoffs, so, I mean, you're not winning the division, most likely, barring something crazy happening to the Chiefs. So then you have to sneak in as a wild card, and then you still have to end up facing the Chiefs in Arrowhead at some point. It's just they're 25-1 to 1 to win the championship. They're 12-1 to 1 to win the AFC. It's just I, – and I like the Harbaugh-Herbert fit. I think they're probably going to draft – some kind of receiver, whether that's Bowers or neighbors or somebody, but I just, you have, it's always, it comes back to the same thing. Got to go through Patrick Mahomes at some point, probably you got to play him twice in the regular season alone. It's just, and, and to Jim Harbaugh's credit, his thing, Kev, cover your ears again. Uh-oh. He overcame Ohio state. Like that was the big thing. Like Michigan couldn't beat Ohio state. They couldn't, you know, get over the hump, did that, then got over the hump and won a national championship in the college level. So, you have to, and obviously kind of apples, oranges, college to NFL, but he's had success in the NFL too. He, we know he can adapt and have success here. Maybe he is able, and maybe it's probably not year one, but maybe by year two, three, Harbaugh's able to figure out something to, whether it's a shootout, go with touchdown for touchdown with Patrick Mahomes. But in year one, like, I just don't see how you get there. Yeah, trying to figure out what the identity of your team is going to be is going to be difficult for Jim Harbaugh. I think that... You know, when you're looking at the wide receiver core currently for the Chargers, you know, Keenan Allen might be a cap cut at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Mike Williams just always, always injured. Hurt, never on You know, field. Quentin Johnston, you know, came on a little bit at the end of the season, but really had an underwhelming rookie year for the Chargers. So it'd be interesting if they address that again, because as you mentioned, they probably have to go, you know, toe-to-toe offensively with the Chiefs. But I think I think the smart, smart move probably would be to get an offensive lineman. Why? Because just the, the level of def- of defenses in the AFC. Mm-hmm. You know, they can attack the quarterback and clearly what you want to do is maximize the amount of time Justin Herbert has to throw the ball. And so for me, getting a top-tier offensive lineman and and giving again Herbert an opportunity to do that and the assumption would be you'd be able to scheme up offense or you know get somebody in the second or third round and, and but but shore those things up. I think that's what they'd have to do, but I mean they definitely need to bounce back. 5 and 12 last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just horrible, 2-7 and seven on the road, just didn't play well. So they got to change those things. But they definitely need to leapfrog Denver and Las Vegas, right? right. Teams that are going to be trying to gun for, like, a, a new life next year. You know, Kansas City, <sighs> why, why, this is why people fade them. And this is why they're not the favorite. Because, like, you look at them, you're like, nah, are they going to do it again? Again? <laughs> well, they, they just did. That's so. what I'm saying. <laughs> And they were five and four at home. Like, how are you? They were six and two on the road. Like, it's just it's tough to beat this team. But they're going to be there. They're going to be there. Sitting atop the AFC West, that we do know. Do you think Houston, a team that you know barely missed the playoffs, rookie everything, mm. and do you think do you think that Houston was in have, the playoffs? Oh, excuse me, sorry. Got and smoked had, by. Had, I mean, they they might as well have stayed home in the game against Baltimore, but even beat the, well, they beat were, the Browns. They were tied at half, weren't they? That's true. Okay. <clears throat> do you see them? Having like a hangover next year, or do you see them building on what they've established so far? Oh, no, I think that. I mean, I think you always talk about the quarterback jump, and it's usually year one to year two is where you have the biggest jump. Historically, that's where we see that. I mean, we saw it with Burrow, we've seen it with Patrick Mahomes. You go back and back and back. Year one to year two is when these kind of star quarterbacks take that leap, not even just the step. And Stroud was awesome in year one, dragged that team to the playoffs. And Literally. so I think he takes that leap year two, they add even more around him. 
I, and I think that's why you see his odds at around 11 to one to win MVP because he was putting up crazy numbers as a rookie. He was putting up 300 plus yard games, multiple touchdown games. And, you know, that's with Tank Dell and Nico, like not household names. They add, and let's just say for funsies, they add T. Derek Higgins. Henry. Oh, okay. <laughs> what two different <laughs> ways? But yeah, sure. I mean, both kind of them. Of other, yeah, sure. To, a playmaker of some sort. And that team gets even better. I think that they're going to take another step forward. And, I mean, that division is just. Yeah, you're waiting for a guy like Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, you know, to make that, that secondary leap, you know. And then I think that I think they, they definitely need to address the running back position. I think they will. Don't be surprised if a Tony Pollard ends up there, a guy that can catch passes out of the backfield, you know, still get him something. Because just Singletary and Pierce, not not the effective running back duo you necessarily want back there. CJ Stroud with 4,100 yards was just it was incredible to watch. That's a rookie was crazy. It was incredible to watch CJ Stroud do that because he had I mean, obviously the, the easy word is swagger, but it was much more than that, right? Composure, um, just poise. He 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 looked like a top tier quarterback in the NFL. So it was really cool to watch. I am concerned about a drop off. Okay, regression. <clears throat> just like a sophomore slump where teams maybe weren't necessarily expecting you to perform at that high of a level. They were playing with house money the whole year. The whole year. I mean, they were expected to be last in the division. Of course. They made those trades, and of course, Arizona thought they were going to, you know, you know, yeah, I, I'm kind of with Gabe on this one. I think Houston could could mm-hmm. set back six or seven wins next year. A little, cool. yeah. I could see that teams yeah. are going to play harder against them. They're going to understand it's you know tougher task. Come ready to play. And when you look at some of their wins this season, I mean, they, they caught a lot of people by surprise. Almost, I mean, and really that Indiana that game against Indy at the end of the season, week 18, to get into the playoffs, that kind of came down to the wire too. Like he almost, he almost lost that game to Gardner. That's a great point. So it's definitely that they definitely have their warts. It's just can Stroud drag them again? It depends on what they add around him too. And they had some bad losses last year: mm-hmm. Atlanta, Carolina, Jacksonville, the Jets. I mean, you're losing some. You're losing some bad teams. Ugly there. games. All right, so you're playing up to your competition, but but when you look at the 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 strength of their opponents, they didn't play a tough schedule. They had a ton of wins, but, you know, your, your victories are against, you know, you know Pittsburgh. Nor- or New Orleans is actually pretty decent. Tampa, that was a shootout. That was a good game. Mm-hmm. I think that Cincy one was without Burrow. Arizona again, Denver, Tennessee, Tennessee, Indianapolis. I mean, you know, you're playing They're a gonna tough have a schedule because you're going to be finishing at the top right. of your division. So you're going to be playing, you know, your, your Buffaloes and your, yep. your KCs First next place year. schedule. So it's going to be it's going to be a lot harder for them. There you go. There goes your bet, ladies and gentlemen. We just we just talked it out. Bet the under victories for under uh, win total for Houston, for win Houston Texans. I, I'm, I'm surprised. You know, we've gone this far in the conversation. No one has mentioned a guy I think who has a lot to prove, who who shot his mouth off a lot this year, but played what five plays. In the NFL, Rogers. Aaron Rodgers, twenty-two. Yep. I saw he's between twenty and twenty-two to one. He'll be fully healthy coming in next year with a lot to prove. Would be would he be the oldest NFL MVP of all time? Probably, right? He's forty or forty-one. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I mean, he's he's still a couple years ago he was still really good on the Packers. So, but I man, th- th- that ACL. I don't care what country you went to to get your platelets <laughs> injected into you. It's still an ACL injury. Or excuse me, Achilles. Achilles injury. And so I think, you know, kind of like we were talking, Randy, you know, earlier today, you know, once you get, you know, that point in the ladder and you get one of those injuries, mm. it's just your body just doesn't move the same way. That we do know. And so it'll be interesting to see how his body responds to that in real time, live game action. Because, man, the defenses now are just so fast, so good. Yeah. And, and 
I don't know, but you shouldn't doubt. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. What do you think, Jay? You like to see a guy like I, Aaron Rodgers, you're doubting him next season, you think, or you think he could duplicate successes of the past? I think Rodgers, it would be – so to answer the question, too, he, if he were to win MVP, by the time he would win it, he'd be 41. So he would be the oldest because Brady was 40 when he won his in 2017. I think if you're Aaron Rodgers and you're focused on winning an MVP over a championship – you got your priorities out of order. I think he's trying to do this thing where he can go to another team, win them a championship, and prove that he's the guy and he's like he's still an elite quarterback. I think that MVP maybe doesn't matter as much to him as a championship. I can see that. And, and you would like to think that too, especially if you're a Jets fan, you'd like to think that. So that's part of the reason why I wouldn't bet Aaron Rodgers. I mean, at 20, 25 to one, I'd rather take the shot with somebody, you know, either further down the board or around that price. Like I'd rather bet like, even like, I don't really like any of these guys to be honest, but like, I'd, <laughs> I'd like, rather bet, nah, I don't yeah, these guys like I'd rather, I'd rather bet like a Tua, somebody who was in the conversation, at least this past Fair. year, as opposed to an Aaron Rodgers who might not be as motivated or like if Kirk cousins, ugh, God, that pains me to say that, but like if he goes to an awesome situation, like if he goes to a Denver where they have a couple weapons and they have ex- expectations, maybe that's something that works out more again. Don't really like any of these guys. And that was what I was going to ask you, Gabe Yeah, is because we had two guys who were non-quarterbacks, who were in the conversation for MVP, at least towards the end of the year, and then had dealt with injuries. But Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill were in the conversation for for a lot of the year. McCaffrey's the first non-quarterback listed on the board at 100-1. to Then you have Justin Jefferson, 125-1. to Tyreek, again, at 125-1. to Jamar Chase, 150-1. to Caleb Williams, 150-1, to which is, what are we doing here? CeeDee Lamb, 200-1. to Miles Garrett, 200-1. to Anybody who's a non-quarterback who you think maybe could at least be in the conversation who this number is going to come down possibly. I mean, Tyreek Hill, the year he had last year, just seems impossible to duplicate. I think that Christian McCaffrey, you know, running backs, they get banged up. He Mm -hmm. is obviously the outlier, but I think it's difficult to bank on him again. I mean, if you are to go non-position player, I'd probably lean on like a Jamar Chase. That was my thought too. Yeah, I'd lean on a guy like that just because Joe Burrow has zero problem throwing on the ball. Well, especially, and you consider if T. Higgins leaves, right? then oh. it's just the Jamar Chase show. And he'll be double teamed over the top and all that good stuff, but they're going to bring in somebody else. I just saw a mock draft where you know they traded into the top 15 to get Brock Bowers, like to get another <laughs> weapon, like things like that. So they're going to make some changes. But I think Jamar Chase is just that good. Right. You know, he's just he's that, just that dude. good where you can, you know, bank on him to have something similar to where you would want to include him in the conversation. Probably not going to win, but... You know, Jamar Chase is that good. You think where do you think T. Higgins is gonna land? You you just you mentioned them a second ago. So I mean, I feel like he probably ends up up back in Cincinnati because they're gonna franchise tag him. Mm. And I think the wide receiver franchise tag is like three million. It's like it's is something it? it's something outrageous. Oh my gosh. It's not high at all. And so that's an easy cost to swallow if you're the Bengals. So they're going to tag and I imagine they'll try and work out some kind of extension. So I feel like he probably at worst ends up back in Cincinnati on the franchise tag, especially at that cheap of a price. But I mean, if you're talking about like best fit and where he could like, I mean, the Bears would be pretty awesome. Oh man, you got people. I don't want T. Higgins. I got to be honest. Really? I know it sounds bad. It's just I want Malik Neighbors. Yeah, you'd have rather have a rookie. <laughs> I want Malik Neighbors. That's what I want. And well, especially when you already have DJ Moore, the established guy, uh, too. There's some there's some wide receivers in the second group that I really like yep. as well. 
Troy Franklin from Oregon that Bo Nix was throwing to. He's a stud. Devontae Walker from North Carolina, who Drake May was throwing to. He's a stud. So there's some other guys back there. Bears going to have some options. Yeah, they will have options. Uh, this has been the better angle. We have another segment coming up as that's how a show works. Not sure what happened to my brain there. But on the other side, we're going to start talking MLB opening day coming up fast. Spring training games starting. So stick around. Jake Hassan, Gabe Ramirez in for Kate Constable and Cam Smith. On the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Join the conversation on twitch.tv slash BetQL. Welcome back in. The Better Angle wrapping up the second hour here. Jake Hassan and Gabe Ramirez in for Kate Constable and Cam Smith. And I've been informed in the break that I'm a huge moron. And apparently the wide receiver franchise tag is over $19 million. Um, so do with that information what you will. You know, just, just I, a reminder just to not believe everything you hear on the radio. Yeah, just, you know, uh, you know don't take <laughs> my advice on generally you said anything. three, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> for reference, I did say it was around three. He was looking up 19, yeah. 1994. Yeah, I was, I was uh, yeah, I was looking at 1923, well, here, not found, so, so that we can inject some positivity, you know, because I know, I know. Yeah, depression boy over here. 262, uh, area code 262 says, great show, Jake and Gabe. So many solid insights, no matter which sport you're discussing. Thanks, Mom. Love the NBA talk, too. Good radio chemistry, fellas. Shout out, Mom, on that one. (laughs) Thanks, Mom. Uh, Yeah, have been informed that the uh, franchise tag for wide receivers is indeed (laughs) nearly $20 million. I tried to pass that by. You see what I did there? I tried to scoot it by, and you went back to it. No, had to. Uh, You know, because transparency is very important to me. Um, Where'd you get three million from? If you want to, I could have sworn, and maybe this is just on me. You know, I have astigmatism like in my left Jones eye, so Jr. maybe it's makes me. Three million, um, but <laughs> yeah, I I could have sworn on ESPN like that oh, okay. was the graphic Fair. they had up. We'll blame it on them. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Actually, network. yeah. Actually, send your complaints to them. That's actually what I would like to uh, to do uh, going forward here. Um, but this is the better angle. Wrapping up our number two here. Um, I'm going to. Die a slow death here uh, watching Illinois probably lose to Maryland uh, as they are up 9-7, to seven, but there's no way this holds. I'm trying. Here's what I do with teams that I'm a fan of. I try to get ahead of it and convince myself that it's just going to be bad because Illinois basketball is one of the teams that I actually let myself get emotionally invested in. Like when it, comes to, when it comes to the Bears, it's like, okay, I know they're just going to be bad. I've been on this earth for 26-plus years now, and every single time it's gone poorly. And so I just expect pain and misery at this point. And but I went to Illinois famously and it like football, their team is generally bad. So I was like, whatever. And I was there like covering them during the Lovey Smith years. Ugh. And the basketball team though is good and has been good, but they absolutely poop the bed every March. Yeah. And this team is supposed to like Terrence Shannon Jr. and Coleman Hawkins. And it's like, <laughs> it's going to be different guys. We have a better team, a better surrounding task. And it's just, it just, they, in spots like this with this, they're at Maryland and Maryland has narrative today especially and Illinois has had struggled in these spots a lot this year where they go on the road and against feisty teams like Maryland where they're scrappy and they make you work for it and Illinois just had Illinois has hit four threes already so maybe this is going to be just one of those games (laughs) where they hit every single three and everything's okay I don't know um this that's just how my brain works though anyway (laughs) Illinois Jake let's see your point and I can see where you would want to have you know a bit of optimism around your team. I mean, but they they literally are this every single year, yep. right? Where, you know, you want to buy into it, 
we want to start, and I'm talking from a Chicagoan standpoint, sure. right? For those that are outside of Champaign, and you're saying to yourself, Great "Why city. do I want to better than Indianapolis? Why do I want to go out there? Why do I want to? Why do I want to focus on some guys like Terrence Shannon Jr.? Mm-hmm. Well, not that guy, but maybe that guy. But you know, some other plays that they've had. They had a Puerto Rican on there last year. I was following them. That was my boy a couple years ago. Um, RJ so, Melendez and and Andre Cabello. Cabello. That's what I was thinking. Cabello. So I mean, there's there's moments like that, but I mean, the reality is they just need to win consistently. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth for any team, any college team that is in the Chicagoland area. If you want Chicago, the hater city of, of the country, to back you, then you gotta you gotta win and you gotta win consistently. Yep. I mean, even look at like the Chicago Sky. Mm-hmm. You win your championship, we follow you, we thought you were great, we celebrated you for that year. Now no one can name your starting five, yep. right? Because you're not winning. <laughs> but the same thing goes for Illinois. So I mean, I can see where you'd be optimistic about them. How far do you think they can go in, in this tournament? I mean, seeing because the coach has done a great job. What he's yeah. done there, he's, he's, what he's added to the to to the Fighting Illini brand is depth. I feel like where they were usually top heavy, or they'd be three heavy, and then they'd have like a decent squad. I feel like now they they go eight eight deep on that team, and it's 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 something that they haven't had in the past. Yeah, and even and here's my worry with first round loss to 12 seed Liberty. Zip it, Lapka. Uh, which probably will happen, though. Because here's the thing, that you get there in, in Illinois, and you're right, Brad Underwood has built this Illinois basketball program into a top 10, top 15 program. And you had Io DeSumo there, and you had Kofi Coburn there, and you had the star power. And now this year you have Coleman Hawkins, who's going to the NBA, and Terrence Shannon Jr., who has been in NBA mock drafts for years now. And so you have that, but you also finally have a supporting guest. Marcus Damask, who's right. a transfer from Southern Illinois, has been awesome for you. Quincy Garrier has been awesome for you as a transfer. So you finally have like the supporting cast if you're Illinois, and it seems like you can play with the best. I mean, even in the game at Purdue where they lost, but the, at late in the game, it was a five-point game. Like, you had a chance to win that game, and you just, you know, Zach Eady and Purdue is a top team in the country for a reason. You let it slip away. But it's just when you get to March, and this has been the criticism of Brad Underwood, when you get to March, you just you can't figure it out. They won one game in March the last two years, and then you go against a team like Houston, who's tough on the glass and tough defensively, That's and you good. just can't get over that hump. So I think that if Illinois is at their best, if they're at their peak, then the height of their powers, everything's clicking. They're a national championship contender. Maybe they, they can't beat mm. a team like a UConn, especially after what UConn did to Marquette today. They absolutely ran them out of the gym. But Almost 30. Almost there. It was, and I mean that's why UConn's the number one team in the country, and maybe it's just them. But what this Illinois team is right now, how they're so up and down, I would like to think that you can win two games. Think you can get to a Sweet Sixteen, but my worry is that you just you don't make it past the first weekend. Yeah, the biggest issue is believability. Right. Right. I mean, you can be second in the Big Ten. You can lose a close one to Purdue. You know, you can be ranked fourteenth. But it's about like actual believability where you're saying to yourself, no, we should be in that top five right. position. We should be better than these teams. I think that's what they lack and that they're still trying to get. Especially what are the what's the line? I know we can't bet in Chicago, but what's the line right now for Illinois and uh, uh and line. this one? They're up four. The four game was two and a half. Yeah. So, uh, so it's probably mm. a, a, I mean Okay. I think and I was telling you guys before, I, I'm worried that Illinois just loses this game because this is the type of no team chance. that they lose to. But, I mean, they're shooting really well right now, so maybe it's going to be fine because they're 4-7 for seven from 3 right now to open the game. That's 
That's what you want to see if you're an Illinois fan. But and Maryland, Maryland's not any not, not necessarily a team that you're. You know, this is this is a game. They don't scare you necessarily, right? But this is a game where we just mentioned Jake, right? Believability. Mm-hmm. You come in, you beat Maryland, you beat them by double digits. You say to yourself, okay, we are the best team in the Big Ten, or we can compete with a Purdue or the likes of UConn, as you mentioned, yep. to be in that conversation. But you have to do it, right? You got so you have to play on both ends, and that's something that they've that, that they've struggled with. And that was, and I've had this joke with my and joke. This has been a talking point with my my boys, my group chat is they've just flip flopped between ten and fourteen in the rankings for the last like month, and every time you they get to ten. They just fail to capitalize on it and continue to push higher in the rankings. And that's what you need to see. That Io DeSumo team that lost to Loyola famously in the tournament is they, they got over that hump. They pushed through. They climbed and climbed and climbed and climbed. They ended the year as the number one team in the country. This Illinois team, I think, has that ceiling, but they just they get to 10 and they lose a game. So it's just you have to break through that ceiling. And I think that they have the talent to do it. It's just you got to see it, the believability, like you said. Uh, for this team, uh, a couple minutes left in this By the segment. Way, since we've yep. only got four minutes left here, yeah. Uh, Jake and I were discussing before the start of the show. I, I think Purdue is going to be Virginia, which meaning Virginia lost to a 16 seed yep. and came back and won the national championship the following year. I think this is a focused basketball team this year. They added a kid from Southern Illinois mm-hmm. as well, Jones. I forgot his first name, but he's been dynamite yep. for them. Uh, added another dimension. So I, I, I mean, Purdue is still like eight or nine to one right now. Maybe even ten to one, you can get them to win a national championship. I, I, I kind of like Purdue. I mean, that's some, that's some good money. I mean, you, you Zach, he's hard to bet against him. Right? I mean, <laughs> he's, when you, he's clearly going to win Player of the Year again, and you yeah. know what he can do, that's right? Done. Granted, you know the game might not translate to the NBA, mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is, in college where he's currently at, he is a dominant force. So you allow you add experience being there last year. The mm-hmm. the a lot of people don't realize how much you know. A lot of these teams that come back, play players that come back the following year, they have that chip on their shoulder. And that is what propels them to that victory when they get to that place because their coach has been there before. They themselves have been there before. And they're beating teams handedly. So, you know, you have a loss or two during the season. Why? Because teams are giving you their best effort mm-hmm. night in and they're night getting, out. They're getting up to play you. Right. So if you can still get them at, at what you're talking about, Randy, 8-9-1, to one, if you like futures bets, right? But I guess at this point, it's not too far out. You know, yeah, about six a month. Weeks. Yeah, yeah you got like six a few weeks, weeks away from uh, Selection Sunday. Right. That, that's what I was going to say. So you look at the, at the odds board for outright winner to win the championship, cut the nuts down. UConn, obviously the favorite. They're about 6-1, 7-1, and they had a top-five matchup against Marquette today, and they absolutely blew them out. Shows why they're the number one team in the country. Purdue, second favorite at that 8-9 to nine range. Then you have Houston, Arizona, Tennessee, all around 10-13-1. North Carolina, Mario's team at 14-1. Auburn at 14-1. Then you have the Alabama, Kansas, Marquette now at 20. Duke at 25. Here's where it's interesting to me. Kentucky at 25 to 1. And, you know, Tyler Morales, you better you bet, uh, producer, and he produced a lot of weekend shows. Shout out Tyler. And, and shout out Tyler for Will Zalatoris, too, because we're sweating that together and it's going to be really horrible. Um, but anyway, he was making the case for Kentucky because this is a really talented team, too. And Calipari, once he gets there, if he can have the talent, it's just that flip switches for Kentucky. And at 25 to 1, a team that's done it before with the coach who's done it before. 
I think that's a really talented team that could possibly break through. Yeah, I, I just think that's a quick way to lose money. I hate, <laughs> point, I hate cr crapping on bets, right? But, I mean, the, the, what's been the biggest issue with Calipari and his Kentucky teams over the last six, seven years, right, where they have had these slow starts because mm -hmm. they do have their one-and-dones. They do have to inject. And then by the end of the season, they're operating at a high level and they are playing well. So yeah. I understand the logic. The issue is that it's, it's been the logic for the last few years that, oh, they finally have figured it out. The coaches finally have them playing at a high level and gelling. But what ultimately ends up happening is they end up losing to senior-led teams. Mm -hmm. Experience. Experienced, uh, you know, supreme guard play with some of the top teams in the league that they themselves have been playing at a high level and like a well-oiled machine, you know, throughout the season. So, I don't know, I'd fade, I'd fade Kentucky, and I'd, I'd throw that money on Purdue, 8-1, to 9-1, to I like it. I guess I'm the only one here who doesn't like Purdue. Because I yeah. I will never bet Matt Payton or March. Like, I just think that guy, like, it's kind of like the criticism you always hear about Tennessee. Rick Barnes and March, never. Can't, like, I just don't think that Matt Painter and Purdue, it, it's a running joke on BetQL Daily, uh, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon Eastern, that per don't. Like, they just, oh, they get there and it's per don't. Like, you just can't, they they choke and they, so I will never, maybe it's just drilled into my brain, but I can't bet Matt Painter. It's, it's when, you, when you've lost as much money on Purdue over the last two years with Zach Eady and Jaden Ivey, you then say to yourself, no, this has to be the this year. This has, yeah, you're fine. That, you're chasing, yeah, you find it. They're due. They're due. Purdue, they're due. Um, wow, that was horrible, and I will never be using that ever again. This is the better angle, wrapping up hour number two, starting hour number three next. Clay Harbor joins the show, going to break down NFL, see what he thinks about the great Justin Fields, Caleb Williams. Great, so stick with us for that on the other side of the break. Coming up, more live sweats and winning bets with a better angle on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM.